All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Hi, Priyanka. Actor Sean Hayes. <laughs> medical person Priyanka Wally. I have missed you. I have missed you too. How long has it been? It was like two weeks. This is our first recording of the month. Right, because we talked about moving in together, and then we're like, oh, that's weird because it's Scotty. And then you're it like, oh, too that's fast for it's me, too fast. Sean. I just needed more time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's um, too fast. So what was your favorite part of the tour? What was the hardest oh. part of the tour? So you're talking about the Smartless tour, because another yeah. podcast I do called Smartless. It was good. It was We all lived in the same room together. Or no I mean, we all, way. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, got a, we got a suite, so our bedrooms were all connected. And we had a common room. So that was super, super fun. <laughs> a disaster at times. Yeah. All captured on film because we shot a documentary of it as well. Oh, awesome. So it was it was really, really fun. I mean, I love Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. They're like my brothers, you know. And mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was really fun. It was exhausting. One really fun yeah. story. We were going from Boston to New York. So what should have been a 45-minute flight, we, we were going to leave at 1030 at night after the second show in Boston. Uh-huh. And we got on the plane and nine... Hours later. No. Yeah. Oh my nine gosh, you were hours. on a plane for nine hours? Yeah. That, that is didn't move. my version of hell. Well, pro- probably That's eight hell. hours. And then we, by the time we got to the hotel, it was nine hours. You um, must have been scratching at the oh walls. Oh my God. It was, it was <laughs> awful. It was awful. And then our director, um, who's fantastic, who's, you know, like family. He was snoring the whole time on the plane, so nobody else. Could. Oh my <laughs> sleep. goodness! And, then you know, and you know when you're stuck with like in a situation like that, and you go in waves. You're like everything's so funny, and you're slap happy, and then everything is like horrible. Yeah. And then like an hour later, it's funny again, and then two hours later, you're like, like get I the want hell to away die. from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nobody oh, wow. talked to me, right? Oh my gosh! Why did you just deplane and like get a hotel? Or did you, was it one of those things where they're like, any minute now, yep, we're gonna that's, take mm-hmm, off. That's any what it minute was. now, mm-hmm. and then nine hours later. That's right. Why do they say that? But no, it was that. But also, we were waiting in the terminal, and then I suggested, why don't we just get on the plane, and so we have somewhere to sit. You yeah. Know? And so yeah. we, and that was just as bad as the terminal. Oh wow! So then the whole next day, you must have felt like you were basically. Then we had two hungover. shows the next day. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, we got to the hotel at eight in the morning, and then we all kind of said "screw you" and then went to our rooms and slept, and then got up yeah. at like noon. It uh-huh. was just awful, but anyway, it was fine. I survived. There are worse things in the world, believe me. Yeah, yeah. And now you're you're prepping for your play. Now I'm in Chicago prepping yeah. for my play. Yeah, and uh, last night we rehearsed with the orchestra to play uh, the Rhapsody in Blue. So I play, and of course I have this big thing on my arm right now because mm. <laughs> of Look my at tendonitis. That, thing, that brace. Uh, it's, Brace um, yourself. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, one of those things you put in the freezer and then you wrap your arm in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about our guest today, Rachel Dratch? Don't you love her? Oh, my gosh. Rachel Dratch. Yeah. Can I just say, when I first saw the Debbie Downer character on SNL. Funniest thing you've it, ever seen. It, not only, I was like, finally some representation that I can identify with. I mean, yeah. that character we all have the Debbie Downer in us, some more than others. I struggle. I struggle. I with struggle that. too. I, I'm I always. La- 
I let my Debbie Downer out all the time. Oh my gosh. Debbie Downer as a character, by the way, is very well informed. I just want to say. Yeah, I know. She knows what, a lot that's going on in the world. Yeah. We're going to talk to Rachel. I love Rachel. Boy, let me ask you one quick question. Yeah, what, what's up? Did we already talk about your bedtime routine? Because I'm oh, in a we've new... we've talked s- about that a lot. Ad nauseum. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because now I'm in Chicago and it's like... Yes. In this apartment, you know, that is very nice. And, you know, the theater company puts you up in the, in an apartment, uh-huh. right? But I just want to say, it's not your home, right? Like That's what I'm saying. You're, That's what I'm you're saying, still right. in a foreign environment. It might be a lovely apartment, but you're still a foreigner in your own land. Right. right? And then you're in the bed that like probably lots of other people slept <laughs> in the bed. And then you're like, oh, and there's the bathroom that a lot of people other use. <laughs> you know, because I think this is a rotating, you know, apartment yeah. that they just It, it has in. that like, oh, there have been many energies here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just kind of have to really... <laughs> Go there in my brain. But what was your question? We no, no, my question is that is like, what's the quickest way to get used to it? So, you know, get used to a new surrounding that's going to be yours. Yeah. That's not yours. Can I just say I have two tips for that? Number yeah. one, eye shades. Number two, oh. earplugs. Oh, well, I got a fan. I got a box fan that was like $10. And so okay. I, I turned it on for the breeze and the sound. And that okay. that's one thing that reminds me of home because I sleep with a fan on. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then do you wear eye shades at night? Because no, um, but maybe that I should. can be really helpful. And then that, then it becomes like a common denominator. Yeah. If you're sleeping in Chicago or LA or New York, you're, you still have the night shades. So it's like an eye experience. mask. I, I think an eye mask immediately makes me think of silk pajamas. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That works too. Also a hundred percent cotton. I don't know if you can request the theater to do this, but if you have 100% cotton sheets, because those oh. those sheets then help regulate your body temperature a little bit easier. Oh, th- yeah. Compared to like, um, like the paper ones. Or, I basically yeah. have toilet paper for sheets. Yeah. Oh, you okay. That's also going to change. It's going to make you run hot. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did run hot. But then you got the breeze because it's right to the next window. Look, it's not It's not ideal, folks. It's not an ideal situation. But look, it's theater, and you got to do what you got to do because you love to do it. This is an emergency, people. Listen yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to our guests, let's hear from our listeners, our awesome listeners. The first one is from someone named Anne. Let's listen. Hi, Sean. Hi, Dr. Wally. My name is Anne. And my medical story is that when I was maybe four or five, I walked onto the field where a bunch of kids were playing baseball and the batter didn't see me and he swung and he Mm. hit me full force in the face with a baseball bat right above my right eye. Um, Mm. I had 16 stitches and a broken nose and a, and a half hour trip to the hospital, which is another story. And, um, when I was six, I was diagnosed with absence seizures, petite mal seizures. Um, mm-hmm. So I had epilepsy from this blow to the head. They continued on until I was about 13 years old, mm. at which time they kind of disappeared. I grew out of them. The absence seizures were super weird. It was like I could hear and see, yeah. but I couldn't move my body. I couldn't respond to anyone. They lasted about 30 seconds and then they would go away. But luckily they went away before I could drive. So I have a driver's license. My question for Dr. Wally is why did they go away? Mm. Why did the the blow to the head cause the seizures and Mm. will they ever come back? So thanks so much for your podcast. It's awesome. Keep up the good work. Take care. Bye. 
Wow, so that's wild. So wait, she got hit by a baseball bat on accident or on purpose? I mean, purpose? let's hope it's an accident. Yeah, right? that was let's, crazy. Let's In the head. That was an accident. So and to answer your question, so first of all, there's there's no crystal ball. And so first of all, I just want to say, gosh, so sorry that you experienced that. That must have yeah. been really, really scary. Especially at that age. Yeah. And then to develop seizures after that. So your first question was, why did this happen? Okay. So full disclosure, not a neurologist. And, and Anne was describing absence seizures. Uh, Anne had this kind of classic presentation for 10 to 20 seconds. You space out, you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of conscious, but you're not really. And, um, I can speak about seizures in general. What Anne's describing is called post-traumatic epilepsy, which is, by definition, seizures that you have after more than a week after you experience this brain injury or a baseball bat to the head. So basically, the reason seizures happen is because after traumatic head injury, the brain nerve tissue, it gets scarred and damaged, and that's then leads to abnormal electrical firing in the brain, which Uh then leads to the seizures. But specifically, when you have a brain injury and there's bleeding in the brain, your blood contains hemoglobin, which yeah. is one of the components of blood, and that contains iron. I always thought so, that word sounded like a Halloween costume. Yeah, hemoglobin. Because you want to say hemoglobin. Hemoglobulin. Boo. Yeah. So when you get hit in the head and there's a brain bruise or bleeding, that iron in your blood, it spills out. And that blood then triggers a chemical reaction in the nerve cells that cause the nerves to let out the calcium inside their cells. Oh, wow. And then that calcium basically causes a chemical reaction that leads to nerve damage and brain scarring. And that's what leads to the seizures. Um, wow. So wait. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. So Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't okay. know seizures could be brought on by something. I thought you either have for them or sure. you don't just genetically or yeah, historically. Sure. Like in, in rat studies- they cause seizures by basically putting Ugh. calcium on the nerve cells. But it, it would yeah. suck, and, and it would suck to come back as a rat, wouldn't it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you get so you much. Wouldn't have to do. I mean, there's so much. Yeah, you but so much shit's done to you. It's like here, oh, try if you're this. You're a lab here, rat. This. I'm yeah. thinking more like a sewer rat. I would no. come back as a sewer rat, aka Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would come back as the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> But I'm assuming that Anne, you know, because Anne had seizures for several years and you were probably put on seizure medication, which is sort of the the standard of care. And the thing about post-traumatic epilepsy is that 25 to 40 percent of people go into remission. And it sounds like that's what happened uh-huh. here with Anne. So it just your, your brain just adjusts and, and, and heals itself or whatever. You know, that's what I think. I think it's just eventually the brain heals. Now, could you have a seizure at some point in the future? It's hard to say. I don't have a crystal yeah. ball, right? Oh my God. Um, you know, the, having a seizure history does increase your risk of having other seizures. But yeah. It would have yeah. been nice to talk to Anne to like get more information. I know, uh, Anne. Thank you for sharing your story. I, I yeah, hope you're incredible. feeling great. I'm, and yeah, how scary! I got a baseball thrown in my eye when I was a kid, and it, it swelled up so bad. Oh my gosh! Uh, I know. Was it your right eye again? The same eye that you got hit with a you're obsessed. You're obsessed with my right eye. No, I'm ex- I'm obsessed with that cataract <laughs> in your right eye. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't remember. I don't remember okay. which eye. I was just curious, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many things happen to kids, you know, so many injuries, yes. like head oh injuries. Gosh. And like, I remember, I, th- I think I told you, I 
I broke my arm in like third grade. Yeah. I fell yeah, down you, and it cracked yeah. and I just yes. carried my arm the whole day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, anyway, that story like breaks my heart. It should because I'm a caring person. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Yes. You know, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. Yes, we're going to get um, to our next caller from someone named Kyle. Let's listen to Kyle. Hey, Priyanka. Hey, Sean. This is Kyle calling from uh, New Hampshire. And, Sean, I think I might have uh, a medical thing that pr- did not happen to you. I've, ne- I've never heard it happen <laughs> to anybody else, but let's, let's find out. Oh, I love uh, it. I was having some irritation and pain in my male zone. Uh, went oh. to the doctor to have it looked at, and he said he wanted to take some tests. And I said, well, what do you think? What, what does it look like to you? And he says, well, I think you have chlamydia, uh-huh. uh, which I had never heard of before. Um, I went from that appointment into work and I was asking everybody, hey, anybody here ever had chlamydia or anybody know what it is? Um, But it turned out not to be that. Tests were negative. And then something very weird happened. I started passing gas and solid matter through my penis. Oh, my God. And I was getting sicker and sicker. I lost 40, 50 pounds. And it turns out that uh, because of Crohn's disease, I had a bowel perforation. And my body made a tunnel um, through my gut, basically, a fistula, into my bladder. So I was farting and pooping from my penis. No way. Pretty heavy surgery followed that. And uh, they took care of taking out the fistula and part of the bladder and hooked everything back up. Um, And I've had to have one other surgery for Crohn's since then. But uh, everything is uh, coming out the way it's supposed to be. But, oh yeah, Sean, God. if that's happened to you, man, <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. You Thanks. know what, though? That is fascinating. Not since Harriet Tubman has a tunnel been built that's so useful. <laughs> but I think um, that that is crazy. Oh, wow. First of all, Kyle, oh, my God, thank you for sharing that story. That's crazy. I've never heard anything like that. But what I have done with my penis, because, you know, I'm an open book. Yeah. I went through this period where sometimes I would ejaculate blood. Talk about oh. scary. I thought it was dying. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my God. I, I ran you right got to got medical yeah. attention for that. I, yeah. I ran to the doctor. He's like, calm down, calm down. This is actually a common problem. I mean, a common problem, blood coming out your penis. That's crazy. And he's yeah. like, it just means a little tiny, tiny blood vessel popped and you're under carriage or whatever. I was like, really? Right. <laughs> By the way, a penis <laughs> farting is just a brilliant animated cartoon. Oh, honey. Oh, man. Kyle. So the medical term for passing gas through your penis is called pneumaturia, actually. No I way. Mean, it, yeah. What is, it happens to other people? Oh, yeah. What Kyle is describing is a, it's called a vesicoenteric fistula. Vesico meaning bladder, enteric meaning intestines, fistula meaning an abnormal connection between two body parts. So, oh, my God. Um, this actually happens uh, more commonly with diverticulitis, which yeah. you do have. Yeah. Um, but it can also Had. happen with Crohn's disease. Um, basically, the inflammation in the bowel can then lead to the formation of these tracts. And Kyle is describing... Uh, how he had a small bowel perforation or I'm sorry, he had a bowel perforation, which then caused a lot of inflammation that connected yeah. to his bladder. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. Could you imagine? Hang on. I really have to poop. Hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> and you just go poop standing up forward. I know. It must have been so distressing. Yeah. That, that would have been wild. You know, sometimes that it sounds like Kyle was one of the few cases, you know, 2% of people with Crohn's 
um, develop these types of fistulas. And sometimes that can be the initial presentation of the Crohn's disease. And it sounds like that's how Kyle, I'm assuming that's how Kyle figured out that he had Crohn's, which I think is really scary. I mean, like, can you imagine like thinking what was going on? Yeah, really scary. I mean, can you imagine peeing out your butthole and pooping out your pee hole? Yeah, no. (sighs) And the medical term for passing poop through your penis is called fecaluria. Fecal meaning poop, urea meaning going through the urine. Oh, if I had a daughter, we were going to name her that. Oh, Sean, come on. Yeah, I was just going to say. Can I just say one more thing about Kyle's story? Yeah. I really admire how Kyle was like, hey, does anyone have this thing called chlamydia? I know. Like, I know. No, like... By the way, who hasn't had chlamydia? <laughs> I've had it a couple times when I was oh. much younger, of course. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you yeah. guys, thank you so much for calling. We love your stories. I hope you love sharing them. It really, really helps uh, a lot of people, and we enjoy dissecting them and figuring out what's wrong. I love it. I love talking about it. Please keep calling in. The number to leave us a message is 323-529-6031, 323-529-6031. We love hearing your stories. Please, please keep sharing them. Let's get to our guest. We are supported by Athletic Greens. As you know, I drink Athletic Greens because I don't have a lot of time. This pill, that vitamin, which one did I take, did I not take? It's really, you just put it in this bottle, you shake it up, drink it, and it tastes so good, and it's done. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and this one, aging. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting great. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season, right? It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know our guest today from TV and film and the stage, all of it. You might also know her from Seven Years on Saturday Night Live and her infamous character, Debbie Downer. Please welcome my friend Rachel Dratch. Hi. Hi. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Rach, where are you? I'm in New York. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good to see see you. You too. Every time I see your face, it makes me um, feel warm and fuzzy and friendly. And I just, and you emit so much love and light, and you're just one of the nicest people ever. The best. Well, I feel the same about you. That's all that we have time for today. Okay. Thank you so much. For me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. How are you, first of all? How is life? How is everything in your life? It's good. It's freezing out here, uh, but everything's good, you know. We were just in New York on, on a tour with my other podcast, oh, The yeah. Smart List, and um, it was, uh, yeah, it was fucking freezing there. Yeah, it was, it's was getting like, oh. old. And now, yeah, it's getting old. I mean, by the way, I, don't you have a place in Los Angeles? No. 
Oh, you don't? No, I just getting go to there. know you, <laughs> getting to know all of them. <laughs> no, I used to stay in uh, Nia Vardalis's guest house sometimes. She doesn't live there anymore, so don't go track her down. But um, <laughs> no, but no, I used to. Um, you might have thought I had a place there because I like was her Kato Kalen sometimes. So oh, my. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Rachel, I'm Dr. Wally, by the way. Oh, Very sorry. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. <laughs> I always forget to introduce. I mean, I listened to a few, and then I. You know, did my little research. So, hello. Nice Hi. to actually meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah. I always forget to do that. So, it's my bad. All good. A cluster funk Christmas. Yes. Fan fucking tastic. It was so great. Did you and Anna Gasteyer write that? It was a movie that just we came did. out over Christmas. Yeah. Anna and I wanted to write a parody of a Hallmark Christmas movie. So, and you nailed we, it. Oh, thank you. It, it was, was so great. So much fun. What about, like, do you enjoy writing, though? Well, I don't know if anyone enjoys writing. I'm not, I don't enjoy it, enjoy it. But then, like, once it's done, I'm like, why we did that? You know, like, yeah. really, like a lot of people. But it was really fun writing with Anna because I, I like writing with someone a lot more than just sitting in a room by myself. I don't know yeah. about you, but. Yeah. yeah, no, I like it. Same reason. I like the focus and the, like the place you go in your brain when you're writing alone. I kind of, lo- I kind of okay. think that's fantastic because I'm a loner. But that's a different podcast. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but wait, I didn't know this about you. You play cello. Do you still play cello? Did well, you love to play cello? I've, yeah, I do have a cello um, in my apartment, but I rarely um, bust that thing out except now for like comedy purposes. So I'm not like sitting around playing Bach in the mornings, but um, oh right, because you're a pianist. Yeah, I mean, oh we should my do a god, duet. we're gonna do duets. Oh. I'll be right over. The cello is not portable. Oh. <laughs> no, I used to play like when I was a kid, and then I played in college. I really, I always say I wasn't that good, and people don't believe me, but it's really true. I would like, I liked playing string quartets because that's like nice and easy. It sounds really good. Yeah. Cello is not a ton of effort in the string quartet, so that was probably my favorite. I think that's so impressive. I mean, a lot of people say this, but it's true for me. I I, I think the cello is one of the most beautiful instruments ever. I know. I agree. But, oh, my God. Do you have anywhere on tape that you're playing the cello that I could see? Like, did Ooh. you do it for anywhere? Uh, you know what I used to do at Second City? I used to do this thing where I would start playing a classical thing, and then I would – um, switch it to playing Led Zeppelin, like a little like there's yeah. a twisteroo, like there's a pause, and then I would go da na 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 na. So then I would do a whole lot of love. I that love was that. like you know, obviously that was for comic purposes, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love like playing the air cello or the air strings. I think that's always really funny. Rachel, can I ask you a quick question about the Debbie Downer character? Was sure. that your idea or it was? Did else come with? No, it was my idea. It happened. I was on a, a vacation and um, it, I was like sitting at this sort of like communal table in Costa Rica and um, someone brought up like a really downer, like, you know, you're like chit chatting with people and yeah. someone was like, I mean, I'll just say what it was. So I was, even though it is a downer though, but, um, <laughs> but um, I was, someone's like, are you from New York? And then I said, yeah. And they're like, were you there for 9-11? And it was oh. like, we're right in the middle of you know, this like, like celebration paradise. And um, so <laughs> I didn't know that person, but then I was just like, oh, yeah. And it was like three years ago. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like the week yeah. before. Anything. But anyway, so then like a week later, I thought of that. And then I thought of Debbie Downer. I don't know. And then I wrote it with Paula Pell. I brought the idea to Paula Pell. I love Paula Who's Pell. a genius writer. And yeah. she's acting. I mean, she was always acting. But now you can see her acting too. But um, 
Anyway, so we were trying to write it, and we were kind of, like, hitting a little wall, and then we realized, like, because we had her set in an office, and then we were like, well, let's put it somewhere really fun. And yeah. so then we put it at Disney World. <laughs> exactly. And then we started, well, I started laughing during it. It was in my biggest breaks. Of all time. I love then, it. I love it. Yeah. So it's such a famous, famous oh clip gosh. that's been played yeah. a billion times, and I could watch it like a billion more. It's so fucking <laughs> funny. It's, it's also just so freaking relatable. I mean, yeah. it's oh, yeah. like we can... We all uh, have this Debbie Downer inside of us. I, oh, I yes. know we do. I love that you turned that like 9-11 or any kind of the <laughs> things she said into comedy. It's brilliant. There was a, a commemorable coffee table book about 9-11. And it, for some reason, everyone in Hollywood would have it on their oh, coffee really? table. Really? And it was the cover was two, the two buildings that were burning. It was a oh tragedy of... We all know. But I would go to these meetings like at Warner Brothers or Sony or whatever, and I'd be sitting there and I'd be pitching this thing and this oh show gosh. and I would point to the book in the middle of the pitch and I go, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, no. Like I was the last person on earth that would know what, oh. would ha what happened. <laughs> um, oh, I always got a little chuckle. But anyway. Um, but, Rach, oh, wait. Sean. So tell me that you, something about you running to see the Brady Bunch. Was it and you tripped oh, or something? And, yes. and, and was it to see How did you know this? Uh, an episode or no? Um, so when you're little, like, you always want to break a bone, right? And I never did. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. But then I had the misfortune of um, when I was in fifth grade, I was running to see a Brady Bunch rerun because I was like, oh, the Brady Bunch is on. And I like tripped on the little stair and I broke my pinky finger. And guess what? No cello for like six months. Oh my God. Uh, what did you do? <laughs> no, but I, that was my only broken bone was attributed to the Brady Bunch. <laughs> that, yeah. Huh? And no other broken bones ever? No. Wow. Mm, you're so lucky. Well, I'm also not very risky. Okay, Rach, let's get to the good stuff, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't know what Renau's oh. phenomenon is or what it is. I tried to pick something kind of. Like, oh, here's my most weird thing that I yes. ever had sort of thing. Because otherwise I'd just be complaining, like, my back hurts. Like, I don't yeah. know <laughs> what the, you know. I, I think right. I have this thing, like, don't complain about physical ailments. Like, I, like that's keep all I that do. in. Like, your Debbie Downer kind of thing. Uh, by, by the way, I, that's all I do. I turn it into a podcast. Go I ahead. know. Yeah, okay. No. So, so, but then I, I remembered that I had this strange phenomenon occur to me when I was in my early 30s. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, so I was at Second City at the time. A theater in Chicago. Sean, you know that. What? And, uh, so anyway, and the room we would rehearse in was always really cold, the theater. Mm -hmm. And then what would then what I started to notice was my fingers were turning white, like really mm -hmm. white. Like mm -hmm. and there was a a line. It wasn't just yeah. like and um it was like shocking. Like if I'd show someone my hands are cold and then they'd be like that like I I had like monster <laughs> oh, wow. monster hands. So then I eventually went to the doctor and found out that I had this thing called Raynaud's. Mm -hmm. um, and what is it? it is, from my understanding, well, it can yeah. be connected to autoimmune things, but it's, or it cannot be, which I had, mine was not connected to an autoimmune thing. But this hand thing would happen um, my, on my feet too. And it was like, your, your fingers okay. turn like white, white. Mm -hmm. And there's a definitely like a, a line where the white mm -hmm. stops. And then when they start to, I don't know. It's not even warm up. I don't even. Well, you'll explain. But yeah. in any case, then they turn really red, and then yes. all your what? friends are freaked out by you, and then it happens again and again and yes. again and again. 
So, Priyanka, what is it? In order to understand Raynaud's, we have to first understand how the body works in a normal physiologic state. So when our body's exposed to cold temperature, what the body, it's normal for the body to decrease blood flow to the skin so that we reduce body heat loss and preserve our core temperature. And there's lots of signals and hormones that are involved with basically telling the blood vessels on our skin to contract so that we conserve heat. Now, with Raynaud's, this process is basically dysregulated. So the blood vessels in your skin, they contract abnormally. They, they do something called vasoconstricting. So they constrict. So a way to think about it is like, you know, when you put a rubber band on the tip of your finger and yeah. it can start to kind of lose its blood supply. It's basically like an auto tourniquet, except it's happening at the level of the blood vessels. Wow. And there's different types of Raynaud's. There's like primary Raynaud's, which is just cause there's no known cause maybe a genetic thing and then there's secondary Renaud's where it's caused by some kind of other thing like an autoimmune process or sometimes cancer medications can cause Renaud's I mean there, it's like a laundry list of things that well, can not, cause secondary Renaud's a great side effect might be if you start speaking French because it's like you know Wait a minute. So it's an autoimmune thing. Do you still suffer from it, Rach? It can be. It not necessarily always. Yeah. So no. So the weird thing is, I had it for like I don't know a year, a year and a half, or something like that, and then it mysteriously just went away, and I've never had it since. And the other thing is that I had. What's called a a positive ANA? Yeah, which is like so this test. So Rachel had a positive ANA, which stands for anti nuclear antibody. It's a blood test, and basically your immune system makes these antibodies to help you fight an infection. But anti nuclear antibodies are testing uh, if you're attacking your own body's tissue. Uh Anti meaning uh, against nuclear. It's looking at the nucleus of the cell, which is the part of the cell that contains DNA and chromosomes. And the anti-nuclear antibody basically is saying, is there some evidence that the body is attacking its own cells? But- and it'll show up. It'll show up, but the thing about the ANA test, I just want to say, is that it's really not specific. And if someone Excellent. has a positive ANA, for example, like 10% of the general population will have an incidentally positive ANA and not have any symptoms about it. You know, having Raynaud's and a positive ANA, there's there's other specific tests that are more specific than the ANA, like uh, anti-Smith, anti-SCL, that are testing for all these other autoimmune diseases. And I'm assuming that all of that came back negative for you, right, Rachel? Right, so all of that came back negative. But of course, like maybe like you, Sean, like if I hear that I have a symptom, I go right to like, I've got a disease. That's exactly right. And so I was really like, I'm kind of out of touch with these feelings now because it's so long ago. But at the time, I was... Really worried that I yeah, had yeah. Like, how long did it last? Well, it lasted like like a year and a half. But well, once I got the test cleared, then I was okay, sort of yeah. in my mind. But um, but then the weird thing is, then the positive ANA, like I had a blood test done like years later, and I don't have that anymore. They're yeah, like, it went away. I thought that was weird, but I guess it's not. I mean, it's yeah, it's ANA is really not very specific at all. So I I wouldn't get worried about the positive ANA. It's the most important thing is how you felt. So let's yeah. go back to when you actually had the symptoms. So you were working in this really cold theater, which can trigger Raynaud's, but anything that causes uh, vasoconstriction of the blood vessels can also trigger Raynaud's. So stress, anything that activates the fight or flight 
system? Like, what was going on in your life during that year and a half? Well, okay, so I'm going to tell you. I don't like to, you know, be an open book here, but I was, I think it's because I was in like a, like a bad relationship and I was like feeling a lot of stress and uh-huh. then like, like depression and break up and getting together and break up again. But like, totally. and so I attribute it to that. Yes. And like now with hindsight, I just think it was like maybe psych psychologically connected. That's really interesting. The mind and the body are connected. And if you were experiencing so much stress that it was activating the part of your nervous system that causes your blood vessels to contract, to constrict in your hands, it makes total sense that this would be stress triggered. Stress totally triggers Renaud's. Yeah. Did nobody just say, hey, can we turn the heat on? It's pretty cold <laughs> in this no, theater. No, they just wouldn't allow it. Jeez, <laughs> so mean. They kept it cold for the night's audience, you know, like Letterman. <laughs> yeah, but I've like so turn it heard. turn it up like. <laughs> so then after you kind of dealt with the, the stress of the relationship stuff, then the Renaud's just yes. went away. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, also, okay, so then after that, I moved to L.A. And that was also like, well, this was all in the same chunk. And this was all like, I didn't have a good time in L.A. when I moved there. I mean. Now, sure, I like it. But at the time, mm-hmm. it was kind of a low. And so it lasted like through that too. And then it went away after I like, I guess after I got my like, I don't know, mental shit together or something. Well, wait know. a minute. That's so interesting. I have psychosomatic stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this play. Now. I'm in Chicago right now. I'm doing this play. Oh, I didn't know And that. of course, I had like tendonitis a little bit before. But because I have to play the piano in the show every night, mm-hmm. my tendonitis is getting worse. Oh. Isn't that interesting? So I have to get like shots in my arm. Oh. Has your psychosomatic stuff come back at all? No. Like in other forms, like through the years? Well, not that. That yeah. hasn't. And I can't. Not that, but. I mean, anything beyond like. You know, do you have a different way of dealing with stress now that you didn't before? Oh gosh. Um, well, maybe I don't know. Like, maybe I I think I become less reactive. I think I, Mm. I think I just am more like, like maybe process things a little, like, like let it happen, let me think about it, yeah, and then I kind of assess rather than knee jerk. Oh my god, what? Yeah, Uh, you know, I freak out right away. Mm. I think I have a more solid core, if I may Mm. say, Um, with age or whatever. Um, Mm. but anyway, um, so I'm sure that I have like those mind body connections with stress, but nothing that's like your fingers are turning white, you know? Wow. Yeah. No, so, literally wild. you were like white knuckling. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you were white good. knuckling the relationship. Oh my God. That's You're gripping. good. Gripping. That's why she has the degree and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> white knuckling. You wanted to talk about your arms? Do I you do. Talk about this? this is actually now. Oh, right now? Well, no, but I, like I'm having this right now. But this might be boring for listeners. But I don't no, know. Maybe no. someone else did this. That's exactly you know, why like we're talking about it. Let's hear it. Okay, so this is kind of funny, but well, not. But I was um, opening this giant box, like, you know, a bed that comes in like two giant boxes, right? A bed mm. frame. And uh, I didn't have any scissors. So I was, my son was going to help me put this together. So I didn't have scissors. So I used my key to open up this yeah. giant yeah. I do that box. too. I do okay, that too. Don't, I'm just going to warn you, don't do that ever <laughs> again. Because for a whole giant box, which was like 15 minutes of cutting away with this Ooh. key, um, I messed up my arm. So then like it started to hurt to like lift a glass or like oh, that's, anything like. Wait a minute. That's what I have right now. Or like doing weights or like yes. this hurts okay. and like the sideways hurts. No one can mm-hmm. see this, but I'm saying like a bicep curl or like lifting a coffee cup or whatever. I'm having a lot of like. And then I've noticed like that there's a little like 
a bigger bump here on my elbow mm. than there is on the other one. So I don't yeah. know if I, and how what long I did. has this been going on for? Like a month and a half. Mm, yeah, I would probably go get it checked out. Yeah, you okay. know, just make sure. Do I, I, I like a, that's a long time. That's more than just a regular kind of strain. Okay, strain would last about maybe two weeks and then go away. But like, if it's persistent, okay. Um, yeah, then I got hung up. Checked out. Well, then I got hung up. Like, where do I go? Like, I don't really have a primary doctor now. And then I was like, do oh. I go to an orthopedist? Do I go to what? What do yeah, I do? Yeah, like you could do a sports medicine doc, or a primary care would also be qualified to take care of it. But orthopedist, I would just go to okay. an orthopedist. Yeah, all right, totally. Yeah. Problem yeah. solved. Okay. Wait, Sean, you have that too. I have that exact thing you're describing oh right now. Oh my god! And how did yeah. you? Did you open a box with a key? I have no, I have this thing, this sleeve <gasps> that I bought that goes in the freezer. So the whole <gasps> thing gets really cold. And oh. then you put it on and you turn this and it makes it really tight and it gives oh. it support. Okay, I might need to know what that is afterwards. But I have to be honest, working on a key with a yeah. box for 15 minutes is a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, it, if I don't get it in the first minute, then I bring out like the kitchen knife and then just. Well, do. yeah. It was just a really long box. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it the wasn't longest. just like an Amazon thing. It was yeah. like three really long bed frames. It frame. was down the hallway. Yeah, it was <laughs> silly. But anyway, okay. But wait a minute, Priyanka, don't you think it might just be tendonitis or like tennis elbow or whatever? It could be. It could be. Yeah. yeah. And so you don't want to assume someone needs to take a look at it and touch in, like okay. you know, diagnose. I'll look at it, Rach. Yeah. I'll look okay, at it. Okay, would you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks. Oh Thank my god, you. what are you drinking? Mm, just some coffee, cold brew. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, I love that. so should we play the game now? Yeah, we're going to play a fast game. All right, it's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Okay. You're each going to get three questions, and if you don't know the answer, take a guess. I'll give possible points for creativity. Sean, Ooh. you're going up first. Ready? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sean, in medicine, what does idiopathic mean? Idiopathic. You're an idiot. You're an idiot that doesn't stop being an idiot. That is incorrect. It is. Uh, wait, wait. Idiopathic. Idiopathic. It means you're someone who. Think back to the ancient Greek. Idio. <laughs> meaning. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It means that the disease is of unknown origin or oh, there's no oh, identifiable cause. It's oh, like her arm with from opening the thing. Well, we haven't examined yet, so we can't call it idiopathic. It's only okay. after you examine oh, it. Oh, after so examine. Okay. I would say the, the Renaud's perhaps might have been idiopathic, okay. maybe stress-related. Okay, but I'm giving you a point for creativity because that's freaking hilarious. Okay, thank the you. The idiot answer. Okay, Sean, next question. Which U.S. state is the only state that grows coffee beans? Uh, oh my God, I'm just going to take a guess. Hawaii, I don't know. That is correct. Hawaii. Oh my God, are yes. you joking me? No, I'm serious. You I know nothing. Right. I totally guess. You do. Okay. Third question. When you hosted SNL in 2001, who was the musical guest? Shaggy. That's correct. So Shaggy. you get two real points and one creative point. So that's three so far. Lauren called me and said, like two months before I hosted, he's like, uh, said, I, was, I couldn't do it because of my schedule or something. He goes, it's you two. It's you and you two and Bono. And I was like, oh, God, I would have loved that. And then, but I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't make it happen. And then a few months later, it was me and Shaggy. It wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> it was Rachel. Me. Yeah. Digits are the medical term for what body part? Digits. Oh, fingers. That is correct. Fingers or toes. Or toes. Yeah, that's good. Can I get yeah. your digits, please? All right. Second question. In what state is the Grand Canyon located? 
Oh yeah. Well, I hope it's Arizona. That is also <laughs> correct. You get really nervous, like when a question seems easy. Like, wait, yeah. it hasn't been in Arizona my whole life. Like, you know what I mean? like <laughs> oh my god, oh, and then I'm like an idiot on this. I, that, idiopathic. It's in Toronto. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, third question. In okay. the film Wine Country, what repeated phrase so does your character Rebecca get called oh. out for? <laughs> it's, um, may I offer you some feedback? That is correct. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so we actually have a tie. We have oh. a tie. Oh, wow. So now we're going to do tiebreaker round. So the way this works is first person to answer correctly or close Ooh. enough wins. Are you <gasps> both ready? Yes. yes. Okay. What musical clef is most commonly used by both the cello and piano. Well, it's the the bass clef. Yeah, that is correct. The, the answer is bass clef, Rachel. Yeah, you, I got scared. I thought it was. I was at the trick question. I was like, I know, oh, is it the treble clef? I know. I'm my so first sorry. reaction is fear. This was not the uh, that intention. my brain is wrong. And then, <laughs> oh man, no, no, but it's fun fear. It's fun fear. This yeah. is supposed to be a safe space. No, it is. It is. Um, it is. Congratulations, Rachel. You are the winner. You're the winner oh today. God. You can feel really good Feather about yourself for the rest cap. of the day, despite yeah. how your arm feels. <laughs> but, honey, thank you for being here and taking the time and sharing your story. We loved having you. I love yeah. you. I love seeing you. I thank hope I get to you. see more of you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Finish your coffee and enjoy your day. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye, you honey. so much. Nice to meet you, too. Okay. Yes. Good to see you, sweetie. What an inspiration. Isn't she great? Yeah. No, really. What a brilliant uh, improv artist, performer, yes. actress, comedian. Yeah. All and when things. you hang around her, she's always funny. I, like, yeah. like just socially. I've, the, the few times we've hung out socially, she's just always funny. She's so yeah. silly and fun. What an amazing individual. But I love that she was here. I love that she shared her stories. That's so wild about that Renault thing. I think lots of people are psychosomatic, including myself, about so many things. A lot of times, especially with rheumatological issues, sometimes you, you won't get to the bottom of it. But what's I'm happy that it went away for her. Yeah, yeah. me too. So, me too. Anyways. Anyway, talk about going away. We have to go away. Yep. Thanks for listening, you guys. Don't worry. Be healthy. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.